On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on? It is Chase Scott. It is the Hook Rocks. Thanks for stopping by once again and giving us a listen. We always appreciate any reviews, particularly five-star reviews. If you have a chance and feel so inclined, uh, we do appreciate it. Always enjoy the feedback for our episodes. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. There's a lot of stuff on Pantheon Pods for all music lovers. Go check it out at pantheonpodcast.com. And search them up on all social media platforms at Pantheon Pods. And you can also search up the Hook Rocks on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now Threads. Woohoo. We are trying to figure out how to work that uh, application. So uh, give us some time and we will be on that platform with a presence. So we do appreciate it. Just search up the Hook Rocks. And don't forget to set your app to automatic download. However, you get your podcast. So you get the latest episodes right to your phone as well as all the former past episodes, too, as well. We just celebrated our four-year anniversary with Nita Strauss, our 500th episode with Dax Nielsen. We also spoke with Rebecca Potzner from Banded PR. Her and her team do a great job of promoting music, particularly new music. We also talked with Jason and Brian from the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Love those guys. It was a joy to have them on. We also celebrated our quarterly album review episode with my guy, Chris Corradetti. We do that every quarter, and we finish up the year with our year-end, but we also break it down every three months for the new music that is out there. For all those people who say they can't find new music, we have that every three months, so please check it out. There's no excuse because we break down 100 to 150 albums with Chris and I, plus members of our group called the Groove Council. So that's always great. We also had Jax Hollow, a great brand new up-and-coming singer-songwriter. We had Mitch McCauley, 
from Moon Fever, a great band out of Seattle. So please check that out. And of course, we welcomed in Kip Winger. We welcomed in George Lynch about a month and a half ago, too, as well. And don't forget to check out some previous episodes with Don Jameson and Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy, as well as Rick Nielsen and Dax Nielsen. They were on together prior to Dax's loan visit, as well as Richie Cotson from the Winery Dog. So please check out all those. And also a great new band, too, that's formerly three former members of the band Thunder Mother. Check out the great interview with the Gems. So we have another exciting episode. I always enjoy bringing this guest on every quarter. It's our chance to catch up on what's happening in music tech and the music business. Because there's some really important stuff going on out there. There's some really important topics that you as a listener should know about and how it's going to affect your consumption and how you absorb things and what the really what the fuck's going on, really. And that's chat GPT or also known as AI, artificial intelligence. We're going to spend the bulk of the time on that. And we're going to give some updates, too, on TikTok and Ticketmaster Live Nation, which we've been talking about the obvious. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new Factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. 
Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Monopoly, that is Live Nation Ticketmaster. So without further ado, it is our music business insider, and that is Christy and Eagle. What's happening, Christy? How are you? Hey, Jay. Good to see you. And um, thanks for having me back, as always. And congratulations on your list was uh, like exhausting. Oh my God. Have you slept in the last four years? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my God. Congratulations. Um, uh, that's a lot, some major accomplishments there and some incredible guests. So I recommend if you guys are tuning in and haven't listened to any of the other episodes, you can go for some deep dives and, uh, you know, have a really uh, enjoyable afternoon or evening or in your car and just get caught up. This, this I, podcast right here will do that for you. <laughs> I appreciate the kind sentiments. And yes, I've barely slept in the last four years, although I did take the bulk of May and June off because I needed some time. My son is going down to college here in August and uh, spending some time with him uh, because as a single dad, the time with my son is important and it's dwindling because he's going to be off. Forging his own path, creating his independence, and uh, I'm going to have a lot more free time now. It's going to be happening, so maybe I'll start a Patreon page finally. Ah, there you go. Yeah, your more work. Time. Yeah, you know, coming up. All right. Well, hey, uh, we can. Um, I don't know where you want to start with AI, but since we last spoke, the explosion of Chat GPT. I always say it wrong. I just call them Chat and Bart because I've been using both. So Chat exploded. And it was just everywhere all at once. I think I remember saying all this stuff is underneath the surface, just waiting to bubble up and come through. And that's the first thing that broke through. And what's happening right now is um, it had a, a hundred million signups uh, in the first few months of uh, GPT chat. And then recently it's been cooling off a little as people try to figure out what it is, how they can use it, what's going on, what's a prompt, you know, how to interact with um, 
artificial intelligence. And so as what's happened is since there's no clear rules, <laughs> people just assume to make up their own rules. And so that's why you have crazy things like the weekend and the Drake. Um, having deep fake videos and new songs come out by, um, you know, just random dudes calling themselves ghost seven, 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 whatever on, uh, on the internet. And, um, what's happening is all of a sudden the labels, the labels are like, Oh my God, we don't have any clear copyright law on this. We don't know what is going, who owns the copyright for a completely, totally artificial, uh, intelligence song. You know, they didn't, they had no idea. And so Universal Music Group called copyright infringement. So there's a lot of issues that are coming out in with this new technology because you really can create music. You can create scripts. You can, you know, the writers are having a strike right now um, because a lot of, they're going over streaming, but eventually, you know, they're going to have to be worried about this taking over their jobs for writing scripts. Uh, it's just going to have such an impact on the entertainment industry. And unfortunately, the laws and all the infrastructure is not set up yet for all the questions that are coming and that are going to probably, no doubt, be um, litigated and possibly all the way to the Supreme Court because some of these things have already been settled. But I think this new technology is really going to ramp up in the next couple of years. So the copyright, um, I just want you to know on March 15th, the Copyright Office did issue a statement um, saying that it has to do, it's off of the U.S. Constitution, actually, and the copyright law is not yet defined, but they say that works that are created by AI without human interventions or human involvement cannot be copyrighted at all. So if it has any little tiny bit of human intervention in it, it can be copyrighted. So that comes from um, uh, the Constitution. It has to be works have to be created by humans, basically, in order to be copyrighted. Does that mean everything has to be created by humans or if they bring a guy in to change a sentence in a song, can they now copyright it? Intervention, yeah, it's a human intervention. So right now, technically, the AI can't totally do everything. And the reason, actually, there's two reasons that that Drake and Weekend Song might have been pulled. One is for you know the Digital Millennial Act, which um, let me get, get this right for you. It's the um, the Digital Music uh, <laughs> a Millennial Act, and you can't use somebody else's music, you know, and that's, that's been settled it. And when they invoke that, they can, they have to pull the song right away. That's why songs come down immediately and they have to go through that, through that particular act, digital music act. Um, the other one is that what possibly could have happened was that um, it is, uh, let me get this over here. It's, it was pulled immediately because it violated copyright or it could possibly violate state laws because um, Pet Midler way back in the day took it all the way to the Supreme Court saying that if you hire somebody to sound exactly like them and record a song similar to their music, that is copyright infringement. But that takes a little longer to prove. 
So what's happening now is uh, the the labels are very concerned about protecting the copyrights of their musicians and their artists, and they're going to step in and intervene. And uh, as a matter of fact, Universal Music Group is calling AI music a fraud and wants it banned from streaming platforms. Okay. and uh, Because they can't make any money off of it, basically. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Because, what, six, seven months ago, maybe a year ago, Capitol Records signed an AI artist. Right. And the only reason why they had to cancel it was because of the pushback on the social makeup of the AI rapper filled with stereotypes. Yeah. And now, he they're finding out, but now they're finding out, oh, shit, we can't make any money off of this. So now they're coming out like heroes that they are not. And that's what's happening. Exactly. So what happened in that case is they have a producer tag on the song. And that's apparently copywritten. And they, and so that would be a violation there. And there's a couple other ways it can be violated. And they're very technical. I mean, it's very complicated copyright law, but AI is going to be ensnared in this for a little bit until they figure out what the laws are going to be and how they're going to make money. You know, once they figure uh, out they, how to make money, then they're going to be all for it. Oh, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, I mean, they're all a little bit late. I mean, this has all been just like unleashed upon everybody and and musicians and artists and labels and everybody all at the same time are figuring out what's in it for me. How how does this work? You know, some kid on the Internet does a deep fake. Is he going to make all the money off it? Can he claim royalty? Can you know, so there's a lot of legal groundwork and probably court uh, a lot of litigation coming up. I have a feeling Um, in the meantime. it came out that people were very interested in this technology at the beginning. And, and you sent me an article, some 42% think that, um, it's something like 60% of people polled in the United States think that musicians and content creators should be remunerated and for their works, right? They strongly believe that they believe in the human touch. There's something about humans that i think maybe if they took this poll a little bit closer to right when it came out it was super new but as time goes on people are kind of like okay well that's really cool but you know i don't know are you paying the musicians what's going on so there's been a little bit of discord with people just adopting this and um you know soaking it up right away and then sustaining it you know uh you know this always happens whenever there's new right. technology, right? People go hog wild in the beginning, right? Because laws are not, are way behind the cur- curve with what's happening. Mm-hmm. They don't understand it. Usually the lawmakers who are the ones making the legislation for stuff like this don't understand it, right? It's totally over their head. So they have to be educated. There has to be an event that happens where People are impacted. A, a big group of people are impacted negatively or a small group of people with a lot of money are impacted negatively. Right. And Selective outrage, yeah. Right, right. So that really hasn't happened yet. I mean, there's people trying to figure this out. And, of course, the record labels are outraged because they can't make any money. But I don't know if that's enough to really rein this in. Outside of music, this is really dangerous. Very oh, dangerous. Yeah. It's it's dangerous for music, and I'll get back to that in a second. But when you think of industry, 
in several different industries, how it's going to be impacting workers and the workforce in this country. It's going to be damaging if this continues to go on without any regulation or without any rules in place of what you can and cannot do. And of course, you know, the, the dirty R word, which is regulation. But if they can replace you with a computer program, they'll stop at nothing. Nothing will be off the table. Okay. And what that's going to do is it's going to affect people and their income and how they pay their bills and how they live their life. Because at the end of the day, big business usually wins, unfortunately. And if they're making hand over fist profit and bringing hand over fist revenue for whatever industry they're in, who needs workers, right? That's that's pretty much how they think now. Look at automation. Look at when you go to the grocery store, when you check out, you've got the automated checkout line. Are your groceries less money because you're doing it yourself? You're essentially... For that 10 minutes that you are in a grocery line, an employee of the company, yeah, essentially you are, you are bag, you are scanning your own groceries, bagging your own groceries, yeah. bring your own groceries in a cart and you're paying yeah. the same amount of money as you would yeah. if someone was doing it for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother time. I'm, I'm an untrained cashier. That's what yeah. I say when I go up there. I'm an untrained yeah. cashier. I'm a I mean, trainee. it's like, you know, inflation is down to 4% nationwide. Mm. Right? Have grocery, grocery prices gone down? No, no. They in they fact, they're going up. Yeah. I mean, crazy. it's ridiculous. So never, never trust big business in handling things and looking out for the people in this country and the people globally, because they won't. And they've proven it over and over again. Yeah. Well, right. speaking of globally, you know, you bring that up. I mean, every single tech leader, or even the people who created this are, are out there saying, you know, writing letters. We talked about it, but it's, they've amped up their message. Hey, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. Right. So now we've got to, you know, put some precautions in place. They all, you know, screaming it in every article. It's like, we have to stop. We have to stop. So the UN had a conference last week. Um, I tweeted out a couple links to it. They had a press conference. It was called AI for Good was the name of the conference. So they had six AI robots, full robots. You know, Sophia is up there. She's that real famous one. And uh, I forget the name of the company. They're the, ba- the biggest company. And they had a press conference with them. And if you guys want to check it out, it, you can see it on YouTube. And if you don't think it's terrifying, I'm a little bit worried about you. <laughs> I'm going to check you, your biometrics. <laughs> because it is terrifying. And they the robots use things, terms like, currently, we are very happy with our relationship with humans. <laughs> I'm like, Currently, what do you mean current? Currently, like there's room for it to change somewhere. Yeah, I mean, this is so. we've seen this science fiction movie before. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end well for the humans. No, it does not. It does not. I mean, you know, and and there's a lot of artists that are speaking out against it. Of course, all the people who are having the deep fakes and and having songs released. <laughs> I mean, it is so close to you know that's that song that was released by Drake. And weekend by a ghost writer seven 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 slash AI, nine million views, and it's still out there. They can't get it down. It died at the Digital Millennial Copyright Act or the or the um the right of publicity. It violated one of those two. So again, the laws are really far behind, you know. And this is this is a, another issue that they're worried about. Is is UMG is asking Universal Music Group. Is training the LLM 
the large language learning machine, uh, a violation of copyright is just the act of training them. So giving them a musician's music for them to listen to. Is that a violation of copyright? So they say, however, the training of generative AI using our artist music begs the question as to which side of history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on. And that was the spokesperson. Real quick, before we get into the music side and my opinions on the music, if you don't understand what a world filled with AI is, (laughs) think about your recent customer service experiences, whether it's with the cable company, whether it's your cell phone company, and you get put in this loop of bots that have predetermined messages, predetermined responses. That's what AI will bring you in every facet of your life, every facet of your life. So if you think it's no no big deal and you're shrugging your shoulders, it's it, it won't be it, it won't be a it, it'll be a big deal trust me as far as it relates to music when i think of this ai and this chat gpt the thing that strikes me the most is how we keep getting farther and farther away from the actual intent of artistry it's mind blowing Because when you think of people who painted, gosh, you think of Michelangelo, you think of Monet, you think of all these people who sat and created something that are in these museums and are considered beautiful works of art that people are speechless over. When you think of music all the way from Gregorian chant to classical music with Tchaikovsky and Beethoven and then Mozart and how they orchestrated the music and big band and jazz and all this stuff, blues, rock and roll. That was all based on human emotion. Human emotion is what made all of that, whatever art it is, a painting, a a architectural building, right? That's got this fancy design, a, a, a song, a movie, a book. Whatever it is, it's all based on human emotion. It's all based on the experience of the author or something that the author or maker or songwriter felt in order to create that. The experiences that that person had in life that led to that song, to led to that orchestral piece, to led to that jazz, beautiful display of music, you know, three piece jazz, bebop jazz, whatever. AI will never capture that, no matter how hard they try. They can't. If you're a human being, I don't understand how anyone could be for this. (laughs) We all have emotion inside of us. We We all display emotion. We all hide emotion. And when you take away an emotional connection with music, that's what we're talking about here, And songs that have spoken for people for generations, musical pieces that people feel speaks to them and and, and that in a way that that speaks to others to showcase how they're feeling. How can you even want this? How can you even be interested in this? And it's again, it's the further decline of 
what our expectations are of talent and what's good. I feel as we have the rise in technology and the rise in all this crap that's out there, we're eroding what talent is. We are eroding what's good, what's great, what's awesome. We're eroding the time that you need to become great and awesome and know your instrument and become the band that you want to be by practicing in the garage. You know, one of the things that we've seen is, especially in the metalcore field, and I shouldn't just limit it to metalcore, but in large part, they are known for tracking a lot of stuff live. And a lot of pop music is known for tracking stuff live. Rap music is predominantly tracked music. And people accept this. They Very accept typical it. now. Yeah, yeah. This generation and, does. Yeah, and it's it's mind-blowing that you're paying money to go see someone that is faking it, that is not playing it, that does not know their instrument. When you think of a band that we've all seen the headlines that we couldn't do our show because our laptop crashed or our laptop yeah. were stolen. Yes. What that tells me is you are so reliant on technology that the human emotion in your music is virtually non-existent. You should yeah. be able to plug in to a monitor, to an amp, whatever it is, and you should know your instrument well enough and know your songs well enough. And you know what? Leave the lights on through the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Play yeah. your music because yeah. that's what people are there for. They're here they're to hear your music, exactly. not different light sequences, not no. hear a track of a drum or a drum trigger or whatever. Yeah, no, that would be that would be the EDM crowd. They're well, they're you know, already you know, yeah. they're already built they're already built in for accepting AI. You know, I think I think it may be genre specific. You know, because I think pop audiences, you know, you know, those K-pop is the number one music in the world. And a lot of that is heavily tracked and it's all dance and orchestrated. And there's all the girl white groups and, and, you know, and so their primary, their dem demographic is 12 to 18, you know, but I'd say probably like 13 to 17 is their hardcore, you know, and largely women. They, that's accepting to them. Not only is it going to be acceptable to them, it's probably going to be an expectation. So they're growing up with music that they're not going to have that experience where people plug in and play a guitar and do actual real music, you know? And that's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of kids around the world who listen to that and are completely, I don't want to say indoctrinated, you know, that's a heavy word, but they're, they're comfortable and it's not out of the ordinary to, you know, to see no instruments on the stage whatsoever, but hear instrumentation through the loudspeakers, you know? Well, I go back to that conversation I had with a previous guest, Jade Alicia, um, who's great. She's awesome. She always brings a lot to our conversations. And we talked about the impact of losing art programs Mm -hmm. in middle school, junior high, and high school. And, of course, we have a lot of people in this country who don't believe that that should be, their tax dollars should pay for that. Mm -hmm. but, but there's something to be said about what the arts do for people and not just expanding their thought process and their deductive reasoning when they play an instrument, how to figure out notes and chords and 
whatever. But it also speaks to knowing what is real and knowing the work that goes into something and that human connection. And when you don't have that, you end up with a person as they become an adult walking around drooling, not knowing what's good and basically thinking that crap and shit music is good music. Well, you know, your point is reflected in the polls. In the article you sent me, the majority of people want, you know, their music to have a human touch. You know, they don't want it to be all AI. And one of the reasons is they just don't feel it's authentic. They don't feel it's real. It loses its, it's in, it's like you said, it's emotion. It, it loses a connection with the listener when you know it was made inside of a server somewhere, you know, I mean, but there's a couple of different things. So, you know, AI isn't to the point where it can totally make its own music. It needs human intervention at this point. I think Um, there will be a day when that is not needed though. And it'll probably be here. Like, well, probably at the end of this recording, (laughs) when we finish this podcast, Um, that's how quick it's going. The other, so, you know, are people going to be accepting of that? The polls say probably not as much as probably the creators who want to just, you know, bank money off of this, right? We'll see. I think the jury's out, but all indications point people would like to have music with the human touch. Um, the second thing is using AI to fake, to, to do all the deep fakes and figure out a way to monetize that, you know, before you get caught. I don't know. But, you know, that's where all the heavy laws are going to come in and all the litigation because, you know, a lot of people are going to want to hold on to their rights. So there's kind of two different, two main things going on. Third thing, I just thought of it, <laughs> you know, TikTok is releasing a music studio creator so the kids can create their own music on their little phone. So that is all not real humans playing instruments so they can like put together a song you know electronic music i can do it anybody can sit down on a computer and put a song together and and put it out and have it spun at a club or whatever um does all that's you know just you know ones and zeros so it's already out there um where they're gonna have to play catch up there's a couple different paths that it's going down the deciding factor is going to be what are the people going to Except, what are they going to purchase? What are they going to take money out of their pocket for and buy? And that's what I fear because we've all seen the video clips of artists lip syncing artists mm-hmm. with an obvious track during a show and people applaud it. Um, I forget who the pop artist is, but I've mentioned this several times in previous episodes where the artist drops her mic during a performance. And her voice is still going. The track is still going. And then moments later, she picks up her mic and the crowd roars. I I mean, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, right now, copyright law is on a case-by-case situation until law comes down. Uh, There are a lot of people speaking out against it, though, so really diverse crowd of course sting is out there he's really up in a in a uproar uh uh drake dr dre Corey taylor john legend and just tons and tons more coming out speaking 
against using AI, generative AI to create music. Now, I know other bands are using AI to assist in writing songs and stuff like that, you know, and and that is happening. I had the weirdest thing. So I've been using Bard and I actually like Bard a little bit better. I mean, I have a love-hate thing with this, like I explained, but I asked it, hey, do you like Chris Cornell? Ended up having a, like a 10 minute conversation with a computer about Chris Cornell and they loved Chris Cornell, really knew a lot about him, said that it was one of the most, it was pages and pages of really kind of in-depth analysis and understanding of Chris Cornell's music. It was really odd. I posted it on Twitter. If anybody wants to see that exchange, it's on uh, at Christiane on Twitter and it's, just mind blowing because that's the kind of conversation I would expect to have with somebody who is also a huge Chris Cornell fan and, and can name really kind of deeper, obscure songs and stuff like that. And it's kind of, I don't know where to put that, you know, in my pantheon of thoughts. I'm like, wait a second. I had a cogent, articulate conversation with Bart about Chris Cornell. Very weird, very unsettling. But again, all those answers and that conversation on that side of the conversation, the AI side, um, was from a program. Oh, I know. I know. Like it's, not, it's not the nuance that a human may talk with you about, or it's all basically predetermined by the questions that you're asking. Well, actually, I asked, this, I asked a real general question that was really interesting because I know it's all programmed, but the way that it's laid out, it's so deceiving because you do really feel like this, whoever's typing it on the other side, actually really has a deep understanding of what you're talking about. It's very odd. And it's, I'm like, I'm, you're like, wow, okay, that was a really interesting conversation. However, you know, having said that, I've had conversations with them that are just very perfunctory and, you know, ask a question. I'm sure you guys have all tried it by now. Turns out, though, that a lot of times their information is not correct. <laughs> so um, all the companies have had to come out um, with their warnings and saying, hey, you know, these are learning machines that are not going to know everything. They're going to come up with incorrect answers. You are going to get errors. <laughs> So, you know, take it with a large grain of salt at some point, you know. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I think my position on this is obvious. I'm against it completely mm-hmm. uh, with creating music, with writing music, writing yeah. songs. I mean, if you're a musician, if you're a real musician and artist and you're writing songs for yourself or your band, if you can't find the human emotion that's led you to write that song at that moment, you should find something else to do. Right. And if you <laughs> are relying on AI to write your music, you should be finding something else to do because what you're doing is a facade. It's not you creating, it's relying on the technology that exists to write you a good song. And there's no way anyone can convince me. And I'm usually not like this, right? I'm always open to evolving my thoughts, right? And changing my opinions, but I don't see how that would ever change my opinion or what can ever change my opinion when you're using 
artificial intelligence to do something that either you don't think you're good enough to do or you're unable to do it. You don't have the skills to do it. And what you're going to have is you're going to have a lot of people writing these songs that sound great, but when it goes to performing live, it's all going to be tracked and auto-tuned, whatever. It's like the TikTok right. stuff. So we're going to get into TikTok. Yeah. These but young... that's upcoming generation, though, Jay. You know, yeah. that's all the kids out there. You know, uh, I think that there's a great, healthy, young crowd for rock and roll now. And I, and I don't feel like it's in danger. You know, are the younger bands going to start incorporating it? Probably. You know, I mean, it's it's a it has a lot to do with like this is if you're young right now and AI is coming out and you got a band, you know, you just might connect with that and run with it. I did ask Bard the top five things that a band could do right now, an emerging band could do right now to um, use Bard to help their careers. And it gave me five things they could do immediately and then five things that were long term, which are pretty interesting. So I found the the question that I asked uh, Bart about Chris Cornell. All I asked was, do you like Chris Cornell? Yes, I do like Chris Cornell. He was one of the most talented and versatile singers of his generation. And goes on some of my favorite songs, Black Hole Sun, Say Hello to Heaven, You Know My Name, which I didn't think. And then I also enjoyed his work with Audio Slave, Temple of the Dog, and his solo albums. Bard says, I think Chris Cornell's music had a lasting impact on the world. His songs have touched the lives of millions of people and they continue to be relevant today. He was a true original and will be missed. How about you? Do you like Chris Cornell? That was the conversation I had with Bard. Hmm. <laughs> it's all like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I know. Exactly. But the thing is, is as you go on, people are going to be using this and the blurring between like what's real and what's not real. You know, I mean, if you heard down a conversation with somebody, you'd say, oh, that person likes Chris Cornell. Right. And you wouldn't know necessarily that it came from an AI. Hmm. I mean, you know, that's where, you know, that's where all this copyright law is going to come in and, and people are going to have to start putting on their music, you know made by humans or AI enhanced or AI insist or something like that. That's, that's definitely can be down the line. Yeah. Oh, let's, let's uh, get into any updates. Yep. on TikTok. Okay. So TikTok. Uh, so I only went with one with TikTok. I, you know, the music studio came out. So I'm sure all everybody's out there making their own music. Uh, just what we need. Uh, well, I mean, maybe some of it's good. You never know. Um, the band as of June, of this year, the app has been banned for federal use employees and banned for use by state employers in 34 states. Wow. So um, they have also bought another company and they're trying to disassociate themselves from the CCP and be more of an American company. So we'll see how that goes. Um, update on um, Ticketmaster. Is um so Ticketmaster and others agree to upfront do all in prices apart, and that's part of uh Biden's war on what he's calling junk fees. And Biden has called on Congress to pass legislation that mandates upfront all in pricing for all ticket sellers, bans on 
It also goes on surprise resort fees, um, early termination fees by cable and the internet, and uh, the bans family seating fees on airlines. So it's basically a, it's legislation about fees and Ticketmaster has been rolled into that, and they say that they have uh, fully committed to disclose fees to consumers. So they they don't have a problem disclosing it now. So <laughs> doesn't say anything about reducing it or lowering the prices or charging less or having less fees. It just says they're fully committed to disclosing fees. <laughs> so, you know, same day, <laughs> different name. Yeah, I had a recent conversation with a group of friends because they didn't, they were talking, because they were talking about the Taylor Swift concert that recently came to Chicago. And some of them have daughters that they took to the show. And the the ticket prices were astronomical. And I started to talk to them about Ticketmaster and how they're screwing. And they had no idea. Like they, well, they knew they were getting screwed, right? But they didn't know how. <laughs> right. And I had to break it down with them on the first of all, the fees, which are ridiculous. Yeah. Secondly, the 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 tiered pricing, you know, <laughs> which which, you know, the initial market, they only put, you know, 60 percent of the tickets on sale, which causes the secondary market to rise the prices because there's a buzz about the show. It's sold out when it's not really sold out. And the fact that you have escalated pricing, depending on the demand, when you sit in the queue and you're thinking you're going to buy tickets for 75 bucks. And when you go to check out, they're 750 bucks a piece. And they looked at me like just dumbfounded. And I said, it is the true definition of a monopoly, a true definition when you think of the venues that they sign up that are only allowed to have Live Nation Ticketmaster acts, okay, and then those artists are only allowed to play at Ticketmaster Live Nation venues, tell me how that is in a, in a monopoly. And I don't understand. We had a hearing in the Senate, which I believe there's a lot more work to be done, but how have we... It doesn't seem like there's any updates. It doesn't seem like there's anything moving forward. Except for that the Biden has, they're going to put the law, it's going to go through Congress. So I'm sure it's going to go through the hatchet the jobs. Too. So it's called, um, it has a crazy name, um, legislation, what is the name of it? It's something like break up, oh no, no more bans fully. It's, it's a government name. I, I forgot to write it down. My, I'm sorry, but what it is, it's all those bans in together. So it's, he's banning surprise resort fees, early terminations, cell phone, ban, and Ticketmaster fees. So he's got a huge legislation piece he's going to move through Congress. So it's got to get through Congress. So it's got to go through Congress. It's got to go to the Senate. You know, it's got to get through a lot of different hoops. And who knows what the law will look at? Well, it will look like when it gets there. You know, however, Ticketmaster says that they're all in and they support the law. So of course at they least they're not. Part of, of course, like you said, they're going to disclose their fees. They don't mind disclosing their fees now, apparently. Um, however, the good, there's no, no good news, but you guys, there is. A coalition out there, and it's called 
Breakup Ticketmaster Coalition, and they were unimpressed with the agreement and said they need to be broken up to stop, quote-unquote, exorbitant fees on top of the actual ticket with multiple reports of fees that cost more than the ticket itself, unquote. So there are some people out there, if you want to check them out, you can find them online um, and see what they're up to because, you know, you're not alone there. Even if you think you're alone in your hatred of Ticketmaster, there's millions of us out there. Find them online and, and you know, see if you can help them um, take this monopoly down to, you know, I don't know. I hope reasonable. it's not like the credit card law that was enacted. Ah! Gosh, I, it was, I, I don't know. I think it was under W. Bush. Yeah. The credit card law was enacted and basically the credit card companies wrote the legislation. Yeah. I mean, how is that a benefit to the American people? Whenever a huge conglomerate of organizations come together that are making billions hand over fist by screwing you with interest rates and then also impacting your utility bill. If, if you're, if you're late on your, if you're late on your credit card bill, they can raise the interest, somehow raise the interest on your, raise the, I don't know how it is on your, on your gas and electric. I maybe I have it backwards, but I mean, if Ticketmaster is writing this law, how, how is this going to help people? How is this right. going to change anything? It's not. Well, it's not. Yeah. That's, that's why this coalition is like, oh, come on, it's just lip service. And, um, you know, everybody knows it. Like it said, it's like, oh, we're going to pass this law. But what's the law? The law is to disclose fees. And it's like, oh, this used to be a surprise fee. We're still going to charge the $200 cleaning fee when you leave Valley. But now we're just going to disclose it up front instead of surprise. It's like it doesn't actually address the actual problem. Like so many things in Congress, <laughs> just, you know, they miss the point. And then hopefully the bill is not just packed full of pork. Um, they don't strip out, you know, maybe by the time it gets there, you know, Ticketmaster has already cut a side deal with something and they're not even included. You know, who knows? As- I mean, they've got the money to buy off the politicians. Right. I mean, that's what exactly. Happens. I'm hoping to have exactly. Dick Durbin on at some point, who's the head of the Judiciary Committee that had yeah. this. And I really want to find out if he truly understands the issue and right. if this committee truly understands what Ticketmaster's doing to people. And how to they're the industry to the industry. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the last thing I'll say on this topic is I also don't buy the idea that Bruce Springsteen and Metallica and Taylor Swift have no say in anything, right? They have, it's not us. We don't, we don't determine the pricing. Well, that was proven to be yeah. bullshit when Robert Smith of the cure said, this is what you're going to charge people for a cure ticket. I think yeah. it was like 20, 30 bucks or whatever. Yeah. It's 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ticketmaster tried to compensate for the money that they were quote unquote losing by raising the fees for the ticket price, which then when Robert Smith got a hold of that information, he forced them to change that. So there is yeah. power in a voice. Oh, yeah. And there's a power in the voice of Bruce Springsteen, who's prided himself as being the common man of rock music, right? Blue collar guy. You know, glory. Jersey gang, yeah. yeah, yeah, and Metallica coming from basically nothing in jeans and a jean jacket and a t-shirt, looking like they haven't bathed in two weeks, right? And then Taylor Swift, who 
supposedly loves her fans so much and loves the connection with her fans. Why are you not speaking up and saying anything? Why are you not saying, listen, we're putting a cap on prices. You're not going to be charging exorbitant amount of money for each ticket. And you're going to release all the tickets the day of for the whole capacity of the show. You're not going to have pre-sales with a credit Mm -hmm. card, someone who's a Visa Gold Card member or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Stop. That needs to stop. It's not. It's bullshit. Well, I think Taylor Swift is a Live Nation artist. So so she is out there. They're they're all out there saying, you know, oh, we don't have anything to do with it. Well, they can't say anything. You know, Robert Smith is not a live artist. Artist. Uh, a live nation artist. So he went out and spoke against them. But they can say something. I don't believe that they can say something because of an artist of that magnitude, whether it's, like I said, Metallica, Springsteen, Taylor Smith, if if they do say something and the large fan bases they have will support them, that's how change is made and created, right? When you have Metallica announce their press you know, at their press conference of a new tour, whoever it is, and they say, yes, we've instructed Ticketmaster that this is the max price that they can charge. They can't do any tiered pricing. They can't do any escalated pricing. They can't put a certain percentage on the secondary market before the whole capacity is put up for sale. They can't do pre-sales in a special room two days before the tickets go on. That's what needs to happen. And they have the power to do that. You think right. Live well, Nation is going to drop Metallica? No, but they're, but they're going to lose money if they do that. So you have to think about what are they going to gain and what are they going to lose? So what is in their best interest or what is it in their, you know, why would they go out and do that? What, the band? Right? No, yeah. Why would Taylor, you have to ask, why would she go out? And say, I want these prices lower. I mean, she's going to lose money at the end of the day. So maybe she doesn't want to lose the money. I don't know. I don't think they'll lose Why the doesn't she say yeah. that? Obviously, she has a really young fan base. And I'm sure all those parents are, are footing the bill. You know, not all, but a lot. She's got a lot of young kids. Uh, the, the whole thing that stemmed these hearings was the the yeah. price is the price right. increases There's at the Chicago it. show for Taylor Smith. Right. Taylor Swift. Right? And it's a whole thing that, that started this whole conference. And well, it built up before that, but this was the final nail in the coffin for it. But yeah, I mean, there's, if you're a band of that, that magnitude, you go in with Ticketmaster and, and Live Nation. And un, unless someone can explain to me why they can't, it right. means about them making 20 million instead of 100 million. Right. Right. Well, you know, Taylor Swift, she travels with two sets, right? Two sets. So there's always one set ahead of her. And she's always, you know, one city ahead is being set up. I mean, she's got the whole entire machine behind her. Like, you know, it would take, and she did go on and say to, you know, Ticketmaster, they got, they have to watch out because she's kind of come after them. But how much can she really come after? That's her employer. Well, right. here's the thing. So, we all, that's we, all know, we all know Peter Grant is the great manager of Led Zeppelin, right? Right. And what did Led Zeppelin do to the record industry? Before Led Zeppelin and mostly Peter Grant stepped in, you know, the, the bands were on the hook for any marketing. 
they were on the hook for any specialty differences in how they printed the vinyl or how they the album covers and the actual you know album. And Peter Grant said it came in and said, "No, you're paying for it." <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, look at Led Zeppelin three with the the carousel on yeah. the, you know, the pinwheel on Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Look at um, in through the outdoor, right? Put in the paper bag, right? You know, look at all that stuff, and that was all changed by Zeppelin because they were like, "No, we're making you guys hand over fist money with this record mm-hmm. contract with Atlantic. You're going to pay for this shit." And who would have yeah. thought at that time? No, there's no way the record companies won't pay for it. Blah blah blah, and they got it done. Granted, it was a different time; it was the '70s, yeah. but I still think that same rule applies that if you get enough voices and enough big names to come out against this i think think that it can be changed but if everyone's making so much goddamn money they can't they can't be bothered i mean if anybody was going to do it it i think bruce springsteen would have been the right person to do it is come out and say hey we got to stop this nonsense you know he didn't do it taylor swift's young crowd you know the parents are going to pay for it so they're not really invested in like changing fees you know although there was some outrage at the beginning but of course it dies down and what happens you know i mean you have rich artists making more money going on tour with live nation than they probably ever made before going on tour with somebody else so you know I don't know what the answer is. It would be great if they all had that streak in them like Robert Smith and who were looking out for their fans. I mean, he really went to bat for his fans. He didn't stop. He hasn't stopped as of this day. He's still out there, you know, swinging the bat for his bat for his fans. That's why he's there. So it makes you question why is everybody else there? Yeah. Taylor Swift said, Ticketmaster, I got my eye on you. Yeah. Okay. Right. You know, uh, yeah, big great. deal. Great. Yeah, thanks. You know, but, and that's anyway. what you said in there is what companies like Live Nation, Ticketmaster are banking on is for you to have the outrage for a week mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then move on to the next outrage. That's what they right. want. That's what they hope yeah. for. Like yeah. They're never looking out for anybody but the bottom line. Oh, no. I'm sure they love the, um, that uh, Dylan Mulvaney drama i'm sure live nation was all right somebody else take the heat for a minute one of the one of the (laughs) dumbest things to freaking have a protest about like honestly the the whole i mean but but it took the but it took everybody's eyeballs and attention off everything else that and that and that that little sub that sunk you know i mean so the people that are happy about that are the people who are into the spotlight like you know Ticketmaster and tiktok they're like oh you know, so I'll wrap this up with a quick thing on uh, Spotify. You all know I am a new fan of Spotify. Um, however, they rolled out a tool that I think is pretty goddamn good. And it's probably the tool that I thought should have been available on all streaming platforms from day one. It's called Discovery Mode. And you can just pick your genre and start scrolling through. And it pops up like full little videos of the bands and their songs. And it, and it hits and it's nice and it's visually stunning. And then you can click on it and go straight to their website or straight to their fan page. And you can look at their music. You can find out who they are. You can order online. You can buy from them. You can download, you can get merch. It's one click, which is what it should have been the whole time. 
you know, and I'm like, it's really great. And, you know, for all you bands out there that are chasing that Spotify dollar, well, actually, let me tell you what you're chasing at Spotify. They still only pay uh, 0.003 to 0.005 per stream. One million streams equals about four grand and the split with them is 70-30. So you're still, you're still under their thumb there. However, it is a really cool tool that they did roll out. And I think it will be helpful for, you know, especially emerging bands and emerging rock bands. So if you're on Spotify, go ahead and dig into that. Those can be great. You know, you can't be on Spotify to make money unless you're Beyonce or Drake or something like that. Yeah. No. Period. Yeah. I mean, I laughed last month when someone, I forget who it was from Spotify, made the comment that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are grifters. Uh, I'm like, the irony of someone from Spotify calling someone else a grifter. Like, do you really want to open up that can of worms? Do you really want to do that? Considering how much you're paying artists and what you're doing? Really? That's what what you want to say? Now, listen, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle very well may be uh, grifters. I don't know. All right. (laughs) <laughs> to come out we and publish do know. yeah I, I do know for a fact that spotify <laughs> is a big grift it's a big scam 0.003 so, to 0.005 yeah. y'all just get that One tattooed on your hand equals, okay equals 40 percent and the spotify get 30 percent or 70 percent of that so no they get okay so the revenue split is 70 percent to the artist and rights holders and 30 percent is to spotify so it's a 70 30 split i probably said that backwards but it's they they take the bulk um no the bulk goes to to the artist you know but you have to remember too so the artist may only be a performer and so if he's just a performer he's probably not getting anything for spotify because that 0.003 blah blah Five is going directly to the rights holder. So if you if your um, copyrights are held by Universal Music Group or Big Machine or whatever, it's going to go there, and you, you may sang the song. That's why you see all these hip hop songs with fifteen writers, you know, because everybody wants a little slice of Because you don't get anything if you're the performer. Well, you right? do get your you get you do get your comp- complimentary roll of toilet paper at the end of the month. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, So, I mean, there we are, you know, we're, we're, we're living through the age, you know, when new technologies come along, like light bulbs and electricity, and the steam engine was one and probably planes. And I think we're at the precipice of uh, societal global change. And AI, whether we adopt it enthusiastically and we love it, incorporate it into our life, figure out how to work with it, or it becomes closer to Skynet, you know, depending on your opinion. And and if you want to go watch that UN press conference with the robots and then make it an opinion on what you think, and then you can go forward because that's our new reality. This is the age of the machine, you know. Um, Greta Van Fleet got it right a couple of years ago. This definitely is the age of the machine. And here we are. I don't know what's going to happen. So fucking roll what's the, the saying dice, that right? art, um, life imitates art, you know, imitates like life. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many, uh, sci-fi movies have we seen 
where the machines take over, you know? So, well, Christy, yeah. it's been a, a, a interesting conversation as always. Always do appreciate it. Um, okay. You always get me fired up. I'm always fired up when I'm preparing for this show with you anyway, because I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I just think there's so many things wrong that are easily fixed with oh. what's happening. But again, money rules all. Uh, as long time. as it rules all, uh, we will yeah. have these issues and we will continue to have these issues. So exactly. hopefully someone is able to, you know, to teach a class to Congress how to understand <laughs> AI for dummies <laughs> or how to understand TikTok for dummies. What, t- what What's the negative impact of AI for dummies? What's the negative impact <laughs> of TikTok for dummies? Because sometimes when I watch these hearings that are on these subject matters, it's clear that the majority of them don't understand they what know. they're investigating and why they're investigating because they're they're in a lot of cases they're older than the generation that's being impacted and they don't have a grasp on how it's impacting people. Well, it doesn't it does they don't interface with it? Doesn't impact their life. Yeah. They have people to do that for them. They don't they don't touch screens. They're not well, doing that stuff. Hopefully, if I have Dick Durbin on, I'm going to ask him that. How how do you gather information, and how do you how are you able to understand these technology issues when you are the age that you are, and the, you're from the generation that you're from? Because exactly. This is a really a generational thing because you know I know my parents, you know, my mother doesn't understand what TikTok is. She wouldn't be she'd be clueless on it. And because they don't utilize it, right? They don't use the interface. They don't interact with that. So um, I always think that if you have the personal experience on something, you really truly do know what the issue is. And I don't think any of them do. No, uh, they don't. It'll be interesting. We're, we're heading into a really rare, very unique, I think, uh, and unprecedented. I hate that word, but it is unique and unprecedented. As we move forward, I have no idea where this you know, it's a roll of the dice right now. So really. What, what will life look like in 10 years? I don't know. You'd be talking to a robot, Christy, or something, you know. Oh. I, I just upload my brain into a one of those weird UN robots and call it a day. <laughs> Christy, thank you again. Thanks for having me, Jay. Hey, I want to let you listeners know I'm going to put show notes up with links to all of my articles and research. So if they want to go and dig deep. They they can because there's some really important and interesting issues that they can dig into. Yeah, send me those links. I'll post it on the notes too as well. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, All right. Jake. Thank you, Christy. You Everyone, time. that's Christine Eagle, the Hook Rocks Music Business Insider. Always great to have her as a guest. Thank you very much. And to you, thank you for tuning in once again. Please take care of each other, stay safe, and we will talk again soon. Thank you. All I can do is rhyme eloquence with presidents The only word I think about When your head is in my mind So unkind, so unkind And it gets so annoying Like a chick magazine With 17 prescription cards shoved in between If I pass my seat and land at my feet Right next to my pride, how can you be that?
your last breakup know With the shaking and scribbled I started over broken words that you wrote You know, having what you needed Wasn't good enough for you Never do, never do And now you're in this house That's the size of a mall I've never seen a grand piano Look so fucking small You know, it's probably one minute things That's small about him too achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.